Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Just one quick reminder. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other Cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes. everybody for Cryptocurrent. I am Stephen Miller and you are watching Cryptocurrent Live, the show where we bring you the latest and greatest in cryptocurrency and blockchain. As always, on our Thursday editions at 7 p.m. Eastern, I am joined by my co-host, Chris Corneros, otherwise known as Chris K here on the Cryptocurrent YouTube channel. Chris, how are we doing? Doing great, Steve. How are you doing? Dude, I'm so excited. This is going to be an absolute banger. We're so excited to bring you guys some Really, really incredible news today, as as well as the official announcement of the CC Live Awards, something we're going to bring you next week during our holiday special. But before we dive too far into that, I want to make sure that we do our housekeeping around here. For those of you that are joining us for the very first time, or even if you are just coming back to join us for the very first time since last time, we would really appreciate it if you'd subscribe to this channel. We are putting out new content Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays and Fridays, and whenever Chris decides to post his basics videos on Wednesdays. Um, sorry, a little snipe. Anyway, <laughs> our Monday and Friday content are brand new interviews with my other co-host who you'll meet on Tuesdays. That's Richard Carthon. And then on our Tuesdays and Thursday episodes at 7 p.m. Eastern, we have CC Live, which you're listening to right now. Um, we also recast this content via our podcast platform. So if you want to play it back, we always post our Tuesday episodes on Thursday over there. And then our Thursday episodes go out on Saturdays. So any which way you would like to consume this content, it's out there for you. Um, but please do us a favor. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Tap the bell so you know whenever we're going live or whenever new content's coming out. And of course, make sure that you are getting involved with us in the chat. We want to make sure that this content is built around what you want to hear about, what you want to learn about so that we can keep bridging that gap between people who want to learn more about cryptocurrency with the types of experts out there that can give them the answers to the questions they need. So Chris, real quick, look at the market. How, do, how does the market feel to you today? What's your pulse? Um, feels a little uncertain, honestly. I think some people want things to keep going up, some don't, and nobody really knows what's going on in any way, shape, or form. I think a lot of things need to be determined in the next day or two. Yes. Um, the CME futures closes tomorrow late, I think. That was the yeah. right timing or is it on Sunday? No, it would have to be Friday. So yeah. in any event, when the weekly close comes in there, we're going to have a lot more clear of an understanding as to what the market's, gonna, market's true response is going to be to all of this news around the Fed. But that's what we're actually going to be talking about a lot today is all of this um, fun stuff happening around the Fed and what the banking committee has been talking about in, in Congress. So let's go ahead and bring that up and start getting into today's content. Today, of course, again, as we're talking about the Fed, we need to ask the question, is the bull run really back on track? Because some of these projects, Chris, are actually looking like they're back. I don't know if you've looked at Avalanche. Avalanche is ripping right now. I have not, but that is, uh, that's honestly some good news. So yeah, um, Can't some, complain of, there. some of them are definitely coming alive. Um, but of course, we will get into the big special announcement, our big special feature on this episode here shortly. Um, let's go ahead and do what we do best over here. And that is skip past segments that we normally do on Thursday shows and jump into what we need to do. And that's the meat and potatoes of the, the aftershock. As we said just a minute ago, the Aftershock is our big segment that we do on Thursdays where we tell you what the biggest story of the week is and we kind of break it down for you to help you understand a little bit more about 
why it's so important and what the impact actually means for the rest of crypto at large. This week, it's all about this talk about the interest rate taper that the Fed announced. But it's also about the tapering back of Elizabeth Warren's approval rating. Um, We're going to get into that in a minute. It's a really funny story. But Chris, tell me a little bit about this whole Fed announcement that came out because it's a really big deal and we need to help people understand it. Yeah. So for everyone listening, I'm sure over the last, God, almost two years now since COVID started, you've probably heard the phrase at one point or another that inflation is transitory. It's something coming out of the Federal Reserve a lot. Um, basically to say that, yes, we're seeing inflation right now, but don't worry. This is only happening because of all the aid we're pumping into the economy. And don't worry, it'll go back to normal or pre-COVID levels once everything settles down. Well, surprise, surprise, the Fed recently had a meeting. And in this meeting that we're talking about right now, they said that they are going to be uh, formally retiring the phrase, inflation is transitory. Because, surprise, surprise, it is not transitory. Essentially, the Fed messed up big time. And right now, things cost on average 7% more than they did two years ago. And it is entirely the government's fault. And so to kind of counteract that and pull inflation back down, hopefully maybe even get a little deflation, but I'm not asking for too much here. What essentially they will be doing is buying back bonds and everything that they were selling to raise funds at a much faster rate than originally planned to try and pull some of that, uh, you know, kind of some of those securities out of the investment pool. And part of that plan also includes hiking interest rates. And for those who don't know, interest rates are, you know, whenever you take a loan or something, it is the rate at which, you know, you need to pay more back. So that way, the bank or whoever lend it to you turns a little profit. Whether you agree that or not is neither here nor there. That's just what it is. And the Fed said that throughout the course of 2022 and actually 2023 as well, that there will be, they said most likely, but I assume that means definitely three separate instances where they increase the interest rate to try and reduce the amount of inflation. Steve, you're muted. I don't want to be muted. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised, Chris, if that actually ends up being the like min, right? I don't, I don't think that we're going to see three. I think we're probably going to see four. I think we're probably going to see them hike it once a quarter. Yep, I would agree with that. And I hate that, but it is what it is. Um, it's not something we have control over. That being said, um, quick question for you because... This is by no means a political show. We really don't like getting into the politics of this. We just like to talk about the financial implications behind the political shit that goes on. I kind of interpret this as the Democrats' response to the fact that if they don't get inflation under control, they're going to have a really, really big, difficult time during the midterms. Do you think that's the major thing at play here? Or is this actually monetary policy attempting to solve a problem? Oh, I think honestly, it is less to do with Democrats and you know the, this upcoming election election cycle in the midterms, because I think they're still under the illusion that everyone loves them and they're going to win magically. I think this is more the Fed Chair Jerome Powell saying, "Oh crap," and doing what he can to kind of bring everything back. Because even though yes, inflation has kind of gotten out of control. The reality is, is that Jerome Powell did do a great job of keeping the economy as afloat as possible during the pandemic in the United States. So I think this is more him just doing what he can to help out consumers and the economy at large, and less so, you know, a political directive coming from the administration. Well, it is definitely an interesting thing that's going on. It's the first time I think that we've seen tapering of this kind, um, I want to say in the better part of the last 25 years. Easily, um, yeah. At the very least since 08. So um, really interesting. We need to keep an eye on it. But we also need to keep eye, an eye out, like we always do here, for some breaking news, which we have today for you. Breaking news. This just coming down across the wire, Shopify, who's one of the biggest um, providers of online e-commerce solutions, has announced that they will officially be supporting NFT drops across their Shopify and Shopify payments platforms. This means that... at like effective today, you can now mint and sell branded NFTs on their platform. That 
on its own is huge. But NFTs, as the title says on our slide, if you have joined us on YouTube, they will not be ignored because former First Lady Melania Trump has decided to launch her own NFT collection and a blockchain venture, um, which is coming out in the form of an NFT platform um, and an original open collection of art from Mark Antoine Cologne um, that I believe she's calling Melania's Vision. Um, it's a really interesting um, piece that's focusing very much so on Melania's eyes. It's no shock. She's a model. I would imagine that she was probably going to pose for some NFT in the future that she was going to release. But um, outside of that open drop, which you can now participate in, she's also dropping a private NFT collection that's going to be available via Dutch auction starting January 11th of next year. Um, this is all really interesting, not at least in my opinion, not because she's doing it. Kind of figured she would eventually jump into something like this. Like I believe you had already said, right? You thought that she was going to do something like this. Yeah. I mean, this is... It's something that makes sense, right? Like you typically see former first ladies, presidents, etc., high up cabinet members in the United States will do their best post term or post their time in office to kind of milk their fame. A lot of times that comes down to a, you know writing a memoir, for example, a book of some kind, or public speaking. The Trump family is obviously pretty wealthy, although I don't think he's a billionaire anymore being worth 900 million ain't too shabby. So at the end of the day, I'm sure they see a money-making opportunity and they know how to capitalize it on it the best. So I'm not too surprised by this. But it's definitely interesting that today, both of these pieces of news came out at the same time. Yeah, that, that is definitely interesting to me. But I think that it's not tied. I think the thing that is really stand out to me, and it's not something that we've gotten to yet, is that Melania Trump has decided to do this all in the Solana ecosystem. Very that smart. Is, like, <laughs> very smart, very interesting. Um, I would have never guessed that somebody as high profile as Melania Trump would do something like that. I think most people, when you reach that echelon of society, are kind of blind to the cost issues that people are experiencing on Ethereum. And they would just naturally you know, launch there because that's where everything is in the NFT culture right now. Uh, but if you are interested in participating in this drop, you can, of course, go to Melania Trump's website and purchase using a phantom wallet, which is the basically the MetaMask of the Solana network um, that you can use in browser. Or you can actually purchase using a credit card via MoonPay, who you've also heard about on this channel before. Um, my favorite part about this entire story is that a portion of the proceeds for all of her work is going to be benefiting children who are aging out of the foster care system. Um, really great, a great cause that I believe is continuing from her time as First Lady. So I think all that's really, really cool. Um, do you have any other takeaways from this? Or do you want to jump back into what we had on deck originally? Let's jump back. We're about to get to the fun part. I was about to say, I love the fun part. The fun part today is having to do with Senator Karen demanding regulation for DeFi. Um, if you're not familiar with Senator Karen, um, her name is actually Senator Warren. I love that it rhymes. And the big thing, Senator Warren, I really keep wanting to say Senator Karen, um, what Senator Warren had said and that it really started people off was during this big banking committee meeting where they were talking about stablecoins and DeFi on the floor of the Senate. And the direct quote that I pulled from the transcript was, stablecoins are propping up one of the shadiest parts of the crypto world, DeFi, where consumers are least protected from getting scammed. Our regulators need to get serious about clamping down before it's too late. <sighs> there is so much going on in this statement that I really want to take apart. But Chris, you are a stablecoin guru here. Can you please explain why this is erroneous? and why my blood starts to boil. Well, first and foremost, she is just wrong. Completely. Um, first and foremost, the shadiest parts of the crypto world still account for significantly less money laundering and illegal activities than the use of the US dollar. So that just goes to show you what she knows. Um, but it's just bizarre that she would go after stable coins, right? Like these are... Stable coins are by far the most regulated part of the crypto industry. Um, and when you look at things, or a coin, for example, like USD coin, which we'll talk about later as well, 
Um, that is like a essentially a blue chip coin at this point. They are backed by Circle. They have, I think, something to the tune of a hundred billion or six anywhere from sixty to a hundred billion backing their coins. They have the highest rate of like fully liquid backing, meaning that they actually have cash reserves. So I think they're about let's call it eighty or let's call it, keep it simple. We'll call it a hundred billion USD coin in circulation. They have something to the tune of eighty billion in cash backing that up. Whereas Tether, which is supposedly the, well, it is the biggest stable coin, actually is only something like 50% backed up. And so, yeah, it's it very bizarre to me because stable coins inherently function far more similarly to banks. And as a result, they are way more regulated. There are a lot more eyes on them. And realistically, they're not actually used for transactions. More often than not, they're used as the backing for staking, for example, things like that to provide the liquidity on the back end to guarantee uh, that you know exchanges, for example, can pay out their investors. And realistically, it's also safe harbor in a lot of ways. You know, like in the world of DeFi, if you're concerned about where um, a specific crypto is headed in terms of the overall market conditions, you bail out into stablecoins. That's what you do. But to me, even like more importantly on the stablecoin side of things, Chris is like last week, like literally seven days ago, we were talking about what happened in the um, House of Representatives when they had the hearing with all of those CEOs from a number of different highly reputable crypto organizations that operate inside our country. And during that panel, one of the representatives specifically was talking about stablecoins and actually made the great connection that. All of these stables are actually making the US dollar more accessible to people outside of the US who really need it. And I think that that on its own, having just been in the news cycle last week, is tragic that somebody as incompetent as Elizabeth Warren is not even paying attention to that. I mean, these are the top leaders in crypto who are coming here not just as like advocates, but as truth tellers. Yeah, as like educators. Yeah, as educators and fact providers. And they're not clearly listening. The Democrats, like Elizabeth Warren, who are just concerned with partisan politics, are straight away not listening. They believe what they believe, and that is that. It's their opinion. It's not based in fact. That's the thing that frustrates me the most here. Because just like we were getting into, she is no stranger to this, okay? Across the last, like, I want to say the better part of this cycle, actually, not so much back in the last one, but this cycle when you have a way higher amount of capital flowing into the crypto markets, she's been all about accusing crypto of being unreliable. It's all a scam. And it has a devastating climate impact. All of these are things that like can be disproved, right? I'm not saying there's no climate impact for anybody out here who's like a Greenpeace supporter that's like watching our show. I'm here to offend you, but no, like it's not as bad as everybody thinks. It's not what all of major manufacturing industry still is doing to our environment. Oh yeah, it's it's been proven time and time again actually that and CNN, you know, big favorite of a lot of the Democrats when they published that article explaining 11 basic concepts or big questions in crypto. One of them was about the environmental impact. And all of their experts basically concluded, except for the ones with something to lose with crypto success, concluded and said, it's not a crypto problem, it's a Bitcoin problem. That is the only coin that is actively using so much energy that you know it really is a negative climate impact. The rest and the way that they function inherently have a minimal impact. Yeah. And I think that that's going to be something that we find out more about over time. But like now that a lot of the um, hash rate has moved out of China, that argument is no longer being valid or being validated rather, right? Because a lot of the people that are mining Bitcoin outside of China, they're using renewable energy or they're using surplus energy, which is even more important. So to me, like all of that is just ridiculous. And the problem is, is that the people that we are electing are voting based on those preconceived notions without doing any degree of research. That's frustrating. So 
that's why I'd like to point out to you guys um, her back and forth with um, somebody who I'm not a fan of in crypto um, because he is, in my opinion, a bad actor. Um, immediately after this incredible tirade she had on Capitol Hill, Elizabeth Warren decided that she wanted to go targeting Elon Musk, who has made a killing this year in crypto and has also made a killing in a number of other ways, um, probably related to his cars, but also related to, never mind, I'm not going to get into that um, old story about what he did in Africa and what his family got the money His emerald mines? Yeah, that one. That was the one I was going to avoid. But anyway, Elizabeth Warren went after him on Twitter and said, let's change the rigged tax code so the person of the year will actually pay taxes and stop freeloading off of everyone else. Um, This devolved in a way that was just beautiful. Because Elon clapped back, right? Elon responded immediately saying, and if you opened your eyes for two seconds, you'd realize that I will pay more taxes than any American in history this year. In history. Then he goes on to say, don't spend it all at once though. Um, Oh wait, you already did. (laughs) But yet, as he continues, for the first time ever, Elizabeth Warren didn't respond. He goes on to say, you remind me of when I was a kid and my friend's angry mom would just randomly yell at everyone for no reason. Please don't call the manager on me, Senator Karen. Quick question as we go into the CC Live Awards of the year. Um, is this the tweet exchange of the year? Because like, it really feels like it to me. Oh, Elon has had a bunch of them. I mean... Honestly, most of the best tweet exchanges this year have been Elon making fun of U.S. politicians. And I am all here for it. Even though he doesn't necessarily, you know, maxi crypto as much as the community may like. At the end of the day, he's a pretty funny dude on social media. And all I'll say about his tax situation is he said months ago that he was going to, I think, work with the IRS directly to pay as much as possible. And if it's the most out of any American in history, part of that also leads me to believe it's probably going to be more than the rest of the country combined this year because of how rich he is. So just... God, I mean, you know, it was bad when Trump was tweeting all the time and he would just kind of tweet what was on his mind and everyone's like, you need to take his phone from him. You need to take the phones from every Democratic senator at this point because... All they do is make themselves look like morons and they attract the worst kind of attention to themselves. Yeah, and by the end of this next term, I mean, we're all going to be saying, man, they're really making themselves look like a real Brad Sherman up in here. Yeah, literally. Yeah, anyway, that's the end of the Aftershock segment this week, guys. Um, Do us a favor. If you enjoyed it, let us know in the comments. If you think that our abundant hatred of the system is just a little bit too much, we'd also like to know that from you so we can tone things back and make sure that we're as soft and as snowflakey as possible for you. Anyway, that is going to do it for the Aftershock. We're going to move on. Make sure you hit the like button, though. Um, As I said at the top of the show, we have a very special show for you today. And it's because we're revealing the nominations for the very first 2021 CC Live Awards. It's a... Um, 2021 CC Live. Oh, yeah, because we don't have a segment drop for it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's our uh, 2021 CC Live Awards drop for you. Um, but <laughs> this year, again, we want to celebrate the year at large. And there's been a lot of great things that have happened across crypto. And this is our chance to kind of acknowledge it and also give you, our audience, the opportunity to vote. So if you get the chance, please go into the show notes, hop onto our Twitter and click the link and put your votes in and let the world know who you think deserves to win these nods. Uh, But let's dive in with our very first um, category this year of 12, which is the digital asset category. So we're going to break these down for you a little bit and show you who we have um, as our current nominees. So in the digital asset category for 2021, CC Live Awards, the very first ever. I'm so excited about this. We have Dogecoin, USDC, Magic Internet Money, and Olympus Dow. But you also have the opportunity to submit your own candidate. And you will see this throughout the rest of um, our nominations this year. We want to make sure that if you have somebody that you think needs to be in the running here that's not mentioned, 
that you have the ability to submit them and add them into our calculations for this year's winner. But Chris, in the digital asset category, does anybody stand out to you? Or like, is there any reason um, that you think we omitted others or why we focused on these four? So when we were going through and coming up with nominees, you know, obviously the the obvious winner would probably be Bitcoin, of course. But we thought about it and realized, you know, a, a dead giveaway like that doesn't really make sense, especially in crypto when, you know, most value in crypto, right? You always see you can have a if you look at a trading view on a chart, for example, you can see a coin's value compared to USD, or you can see it compared to Bitcoin. And for that reason, it would make sense that that would be the best performing digital asset because it's tied to everything. And so we purposely excluded that. That being said, I love that we have USD coin on here because it has in the weirdest way possible, made a big splash as a stable coin, which is not something you would ever expect. Yeah, no, and you're absolutely right. I think that's really important to understand about the very beginning of what you were saying too, Chris, is that we're in here to educate first, right? Like that's the purpose of cryptocurrency. We want to educate people and help them understand more about the crypto world so that they don't have to be Senator Karen. We want you to understand, okay, there is validity out here. There's more projects than just Bitcoin and Ethereum. And in the case of the digital asset category, that's very true. You have Dogecoin, which is arguably um, what the current value of the US dollar is one Dogecoin because we're so inflated. (laughs) Sorry, I digress. Might as well be. Yeah, might as well be. But the reason Dogecoin is there is because it has been in the news more than any other digital asset this year. Like You can make that case 100%. You have magic internet money which is arguably the most innovative stablecoin to date. Um, I personally am fascinated with the project and the man behind it, who you may hear of later. And then you also have Olympus DAO, which is the very first ever reserve currency attempt on the blockchain. Um, so four really great options there. Um, but again, if you want to submit your own candidate, we would love to have it in the running. And we will make sure that we update this if you have a dark horse that all of a sudden emerges. But let's jump into the utility token category. Your nominees are Solana, Thorchain, Polygon Matic, Chainlink, and your Dark Horse candidate, whoever you decide to write in. Chris, what do you think of these candidates? Can you explain the category for us? Yeah. So, just to give everyone a little background, when we were coming up with categories, right, we wanted to do a top coin of the year, but we realized that there are two distinct you know, general categories for coins, one being that digital asset, that currency, like USDC or Doge or Bitcoin, right? The purpose of it is to buy it and then presumably use it to buy other things, you know, be that crypto or actual tangible goods. The utility token, on the other hand, is that other category of coin and actually makes up probably 99% of all crypto, which is these are the coins that, you know, you are using to actually perform actions on a blockchain. So when you buy an NFT, for example, on the Solana blockchain, you use Solana. And you're paying certain fees in Solana, right? And with a coin, for example, like Helium, that owning Helium, yes, it has value. You can you know, use it. But it also gives you voting access to decide the future of where the blockchain will go. So that's the general idea behind this utility token um, category. Solana... You know, we could have done Ethereum, but personally, I think Solana has more utility because it doesn't cost an arm and a leg to move one dollar of Ethereum over to your wallet, where it will end up being three cents. Yeah, and at the same time, like the reason we don't want to be putting the obvious pick in here is because a lot of these um, different projects have made incredible strides this year, and we we really do want to acknowledge that it would be too easy for us to say Ethereum's the winner, right? And it really does go without saying, like each of these projects has had setbacks and massive strides forward. Um, you see Thorchain made our nominations list and Thorchain had two massive hacks this year. But that's not to say that they're not the future of this industry and doing cross-chain swaps. Like their technology is unmatched in terms of like what they're materially doing. 
Um, then you have layer two ZK rollup solution Polygon, who's helping to scale Ethereum. And they're going to still be massively viable and valuable once ETH 2.0 rolls out because they need to continue to make the internet faster. Chainlink, they use that token for not just governance, but also to help secure the Oracle network. All really, really important utilities. <clears throat> now, that being said, I definitely do want to take a step back here because I did not even remotely introduce the rest of these categories. Our 12 categories this year are currency, which as you've already been through, has to do with digital assets, what you use on exchange. Utility, what Chris already explained. We also have an NFT category, diving into some NFT projects that you may have heard of and are really trend-setting and pace-setting in the NFT world. We have a shitcoin category because we hate ourselves. Um, <laughs> we have a debut of the year. So like the new, what we're calling the new kid on the block. Project of the year, so best overall performance on the year. Then we have an FML category to talk about the biggest L in crypto across the year. We have the best friend, which is within the NFT community, who's the biggest voice that's made a massive difference for bringing NFTs into popular culture. We have crypto's person of the year. We have crypto enemy number one. That's pretty self-explanatory. We have the moment of the year, so the big dub on the year. And finally, we have CC's interview of the year. So let's continue to forge ahead here into this next category, which is the non-fungible token category. Your nominees are Artblocks, Super Rare, Pixel Vault, um, Neo Tokyo, and Jay and Silent Bob's first collection of Smoke and Tokens. Now, this is a really big category. And I think that it really... like We need to clarify some stuff here, right? These are projects that are doing really unique things from one another. Okay, The NFT space is massive. You have metaverse, you have gaming, you have art, you have generative art, you have just an insane amount of stuff going on. You have utility tokens. So Chris, help us kind of break this one down. I know that like... You, I know you don't really know the most in the NFT world, but make sense of why we started to think about it this way. Yeah, so we wanted, you know, when when we were discussing, all right, who who should we nominate? Who makes sense? The obvious answer, of course, is going to be all those profile picture esque NFTs that you've seen, right? Your board eight yacht clubs, your mutant apes, etc. Right? There are millions. Crypto punks, for example. And we could have done those, right? Because the reality is, is those probably have had the biggest impact. They make the news when one sells for $10 million. But again, it's, it's too easy. And the reality is, is they also don't really have that much of an impact, right? They're really just assets that are gaining in value. What we wanted to add were NFTs that have, you know, provide more than just monetary value. Like Steve was saying, some of them have utility. They give you access to exclusive events or opportunities that you wouldn't otherwise have access to without owning one. And so that's why we kind of chose the ones we did. That being said, if everyone fills out the form to vote and everyone wants Board Ape Yacht Club, then Board Ape Yacht, Board Ape Yacht Club will win. Yeah. And again, we want you to submit your candidates. If you disagree with us, let us know. But that being said, each of these candidates is doing really remarkable things in their specific worlds. I would say that Artblocks is the leading organization behind generative art and propping up generative artists for the very first time in history. I mean, it's really incredible what they're doing. You have Super Rare, who's supporting artists at large, whether they're generative or general, and giving them a platform to release one of one art. Very special stuff. Pixel Vault, they have the most ambitious vision of any NFT project in history. I'm going to say that. I'm going to put it on record because... It's insane what they're trying to do. Go up to their website, try to understand what they're doing. Neo Tokyo, started by Elio Trades, who's another fantastic YouTuber, and um, Alex Becker, who's also another YouTuber. Um, Becker being the one that's a little bit over the top sometimes. But they started this project together and made it free to get into, but you had to do some work in terms of like solving riddles and finding your way in off of doing work. Just on doing that work and finding your way into this project, 
to own a base set of Neo Tokyo now is worth something to the tune of like 75 ETH. And that's like at the floor. So really remarkable value they're packing in this and they're making it the most valuable gaming conglomerate basically out there. So they're creating a ton of just like gaming alpha in this group. So gaming leaders all over the place, like from Animoca Brands and Twitch are jumping into this group to stay ahead of the curve. It's really cool. And then last but not least, you have Jay and Silent Bob's Smoke and Tokens, which on a utility side of things, they did some really incredible stuff in the entertainment field that we've never seen before. They used the platinum version of this token to allow people who are a big fan of Jay and Silent Bob to get to cameo in the upcoming Clerks 3 movie, right? So you redeem that for the opportunity and access to be in an actual movie. It's really incredible what we're seeing out of the NFT world. And we wanted to highlight these five in particular off the bat. But again, if you have your own choice, let us know. We would love to include it. But let's get into the one that is probably a little bit... Um, what's the... What's the word? Um, terrible? The certified shitcoin category. Your nominees are Safe Moon. Not so safe. Um, Shiba Inu. Just another dog. Dogelon Mars. God kill me. Elon fanboys. Come Rocket. Yeah, come Rocket. And and submit your own candidate. Um, Come Rocket, aka crypto only fans. And look, like, and this is really important because like we built this category to acknowledge the fact that like there are some real meme coins and shit coins in this world. And we need to acknowledge them. They're a part of the ecosystem. Um, I could argue that like they have an actual place in this world now. I mean, it's memes are the driver of culture today, and they need to be acknowledged. That being said, Safe Moon was a fork off of a project that was literally a scam. Um, not that Safe Moon isn't a scam, even though they are. Um, Shiba Inu, we've covered in a prior two bulls, one coin, along with Dogelon Mars, talking about all the dog co- dog coins. And then we also covered in another separate two bulls, one coin, come rocket. Chris and I came to the conclusion during that episode that it's not a shit coin. But that's not to say that the world doesn't see it as a meme coin, right? Absolutely. So this is your certified shit coin category. Submit your favorite shit coin on the form. Um, in the new kid on the block category, I love this category, Chris. Honest to God, like I think of all of the categories that we have this year, this is probably my favorite because we get to highlight the coins that broke out this year, but also broke out in the year that they came out. Mm-hmm. So, so let's go ahead and open this up. We went with ENS, who, as you know, broke onto the scene when they did their token airdrop a couple of weeks ago. Super Farm, the massive gaming play um, from Elio Trades slash Elliot Weinman, however you choose to define him. Um, that is making massive strides and insane partnerships all over the place um, within gaming to become one of the foremost authorities in crypto gaming. You have Mina Protocol, who is a new blockchain that is literally taking up, I think, to load the entire blockchain. It's like 98 KB. Jeez, that is awesome. I mean, like it's, it is the smallest blockchain in history, but it's incredibly efficient. Um, phenomenal project in Mina. And of course, like we have to include Autograph. Autograph is the NFT project that was started by Tom Brady and a whole bunch of like really big time big wigs within the crypto world, like heads from Coinbase and uh, Binance and a whole bunch of other really, really impressive organizations to start creating a platform for the top athletes in the world to release their own NFTs. Mm-hmm. They've already inked a massive deal with DraftKings where they're doing every single one of their distributions of these NFTs and each initial sale. Um, they're crazy. Um, but oh, yeah. of course, like every other category that is a coin so far, um, if we missed one that you think needs to be in here, let us know. Um, I can tell you right now, I have three or four others that I think could easily be in this category. Um, easily. But Chris, what stands out to you in the new kid on the block? Um, is there anyone that catches your eye immediately? Oh, yeah. I mean, the the two that I'm just 
kind of floored with this year have been ENS, so the Ethereum name service. Uh, for those who don't know, think buying a website, right? Like, for example, chriscornaros.com, but instead it's chriscornaros.eth, right? And autograph.io. I could talk about the cool stuff they are doing for an entire one of these live streams, but they literally speak for themselves. So just go to autograph.io and on the homepage without even scrolling, you will be floored by their partnerships. Yeah, they dropped Tony Hawk's today. Yep. Um, that was really, really cool to see what they did for that drop. Uh, but again, if you know of other ones that you want included in here, vote for them. Um, we made sure on the form that you could write in candidates for all of these top coin project, uh, top coin categories, excuse me. And I can tell you right now, one of the ones that I immediately thought of, and I'm not saying that I'm going to vote for them because I mean, everybody on our team is going to put their own vote in here. I want to give a really quick honorable mention to Eternity Chain. Okay, we met with Adrian Bashik earlier this year at Miami Crypto Experience. Had a great interview with him. Feel free to go play back that interview at your earliest convenience because they're doing insane stuff. I mean, they're building a metaverse around all the properties they have and they've done drops from Lionel Messi. They've had um, the Muhammad Ali drop, Fernando Tatis Jr. They had the Welcome to the Internet meme artist who did that original um, picture of the cat shooting a gun into the air on the back of a unicorn. They've done everything, really covering massive historical moments, even the um, flying of the flag at Iwo Jima, right? These are, I mean, tremendous monumental like things that they're trying to capture and um, preserve on the blockchain. So there are a ton of projects out there that can be mentioned in this category. We want to hear which ones you like the most. So that's going to round out new kid on the block. But let's jump into the project of the year. Um, probably the most hotly contested and I would say... Um, what's the right way to say this? They're probably going to draw out the most like WTF responses from the audience. <laughs> um, because again, it's super, super subjective. But we tried to make sure that there was representation across all of crypto in this one. So these projects can hail from anywhere and they don't even need to have a, a token, right? It's just if they're serving crypto in some way and they've made a monumental stride this year, really making waves, we wanted to include them. So your nominees are for the project of the year, Avalanche, Helium, OpenSea, Axie Infinity, Yuga Labs, who are, who's the creator of Board Ape Yacht Club, and of course, write-ins. Chris, we need to take at least a second and a half for this one, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, most of them are no-brainers, right? And I think the any contest, you know, any contest right now to I think the nominees we brought forward would just be personal opinion. And honestly, these are just personal opinion. But we wanted to look at, like Steve was saying, projects that have made a big stride this year, and all of these have, right? Like Board Ape Yacht Club is pretty much right there with CryptoPunks. Like they are neck and neck for when you hear NFT, what you think about. OpenSea, right? This is the, you know, the market maker. This is where you go to buy NFTs typically on the Ethereum blockchain. Axie Infinity is a, you know, NFT gaming studio that I'm sure Steve could talk about forever. Avalanche, right, is another, you know, layer 2 cross-chain just powerhouse that has done a lot this year. And then you have Helium, which is building this physical infrastructure to kind of help, you know, build a decentralized internet of things to let technology talk to each other, decentralized Wi-Fi so that we have internet everywhere we go, and decentralized 5G so that, again, you have 5G coverage everywhere. And they've partnered with major companies to do so as has OpenSea and Yuga Labs and Avalanche and Axie Infinity. And I hope you're getting the theme here is these are kind of transcendent projects this year. They're projects that have done a lot within the crypto space, but have also jumped beyond the crypto space to make a real global impact. Yeah, speaking of global impact, I mean, Axie Infinity has created microeconomies. Like 
there is no other project out there that has gone to that level within, especially within play to earn gaming. I mean, there are literally countries where you can play Axie Infinity and earn more through that game in a single day of gaming than the typical like base salary. I mean, it's it's incredible what they're doing. Um, Avalanche, I just want to correct you on that one real quick. It's a it is a layer one. It's technically also layer zero because they're multi-chain. Um, their build-out is the most innovative by far in a way, in my opinion. Uh, but you really do have to respect what Helium's done. You have to respect what Yuga Labs has done. Um, and OpenSea has made NFTs accessible um, by and large. I, I do want to give one quick mention about Yuga Labs because it is a breaking news piece that came today. Actually, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to bring it up on the show or not, but I think it's worth bringing up. Um, they just today announced the details of their collaboration with Pixel Vault, G Money, and Adidas for what they're planning on doing with their massive partnership um, and NFT drop that's upcoming, which I believe is called Welcome to the Metaverse or, or Into the Metaverse, excuse me. That's going to be un- unbelievable. I mean, it's going to be crazy to see how far that goes. But they're doing that to basically make very, very limited edition apparel available to the owners of those NFTs. So not just like metaverse apparel, but also like in real life apparel. You're only going to be able to get it if you own that NFT. So access is everything in the NFT world. Um, but again, submit your project. If you think that um, there's one that needs to be on here, we want to feature it. Now, again, we're trying to round this thing out. The biggest L of the year candidates. Chris, I want you to take us through this because you love this category. Yep. This category is my brainchild. We needed more. And well, taking L's is something that everyone can get behind, right? We all do it and we all think they're funny when they don't happen to us. Up first, we have the Board Ape Yacht Club owner who, due to a typo, sold his... (laughs) Sold his ape for not 75 ETH, which he meant to, but 0.75 ETH. And for those who don't know, that is $3,000 instead of $300,000. My heart. Next up. We have everyone who didn't sell Doge before Elon went on SNL because everyone thought the price was going to shoot up to a dollar. And instead, it tanked right after because he mentioned it exactly zero times. We constantly tell people on this channel, buy the rumor, sell the news. Quick correction. Elon did talk about it, but that was the news moment. You have to sell it before he hits that stage. I told people about this and I remember I was traveling like the day before he was going on SNL. I was going out to Napa with my wife and in the airport, I had people talking about Dogecoin all around me. All around me. And I told three or four of them, I said, look, if you're not selling Dogecoin before he takes the stage, I'm warning you, you're going to lose money. I imagine most of them did not sell. I would agree with that. It hurts. <laughs> Up next, this is a self-assigned L from Steve and I because we covered Magic Internet money back in August, I believe. About a month later, at the end of September, I think it had some increased in value, something to the tune of like 50x, if not more. So yeah, if you guys want to roast us, I'll take it. That was an L. We really should be investing in things that we talk about more often because for whatever reason, when Steve and I discuss coins, they happen to shoot up in value right after. Yeah, you'll also <laughs> notice the two bulls, one coin has been absent from most Thursday shows since. Um, because mostly like our hubris has been shot um, our final nominee for the biggest L this year has been the Squid Game rug pull. Um, there was a Squid Game token that we talked about a few weeks back, and we are, we're only talking about it because apparently people in this world didn't understand that when they launched a Squid Game token, that everyone dying in that movie was not enough of an indicator that this thing was going to be a rug pull. Um, and a whole bunch of money got liquidated out of that. But tell us what your L of the year is. What left you saying FML um, and pressing F in the chat for yourself in the comments? We would love to know. Um, Our next category, best non-fungible friends. These are the people that were massive catalysts for the NFT world at large and even the metaverse that's currently forming. Your nominees are for your best friend, 
Gary Vaynerchuk, Beeple, Xcopy, Fuocious, People Pleaser, and Cosmo de Medici, aka most likely Snoop Dogg. For a lot of these categories where we're starting to give you the people of the year, I really am of more of the mind that like we shouldn't be influencing it too much. But to give you some like quick background, there's a reason why we went with these people. They're making waves. It's similar to the project of the year. We There are so many people that could be involved in this. And you can make a case for th- people like Beanie and Farouk and um, even people like Zeneca33, aka Roy, who was on this show a couple weeks ago. but. At large, these are the people that we believe have made massive impact within the NFT world and have really brightened it for us. Um, I'm going to continue forward because we're running pretty late on this show already. But in the person of the year category, this is a big one for us. Um, If you decide that you would like to write in somebody, you can try. I'm not sure that you can because I don't think we made it available. But we have... Nominees, Daniela Sesta, who is the massive influencer within the Avalanche ecosystem and the developmental mind behind Popsicle Finance, Spell Token, Magic Internet Money, and Wonderland Money. Melton Demirs from CoinShares, who is one of the biggest advocates for the crypto space across most media outlets. Oh, yeah. Senator Cynthia Loomis, who has been a massive Bitcoin advocate. She is the senator from Wyoming you've heard talk very, very well about crypto in any setting possible. Anthony Pompliano, aka Pomp. It's hard to not have a person of the year category in crypto right now without including him. Raul Paul, who's the head of Real Vision, who is creating a massive educational platform around um, what crypto content creation is right now. And then last but not least, of course, is Ayam Yaguchi, who is the executive director of the Ethereum Foundation and is really pounding the table with Vitalik to get us into ETH 2.0 as soon as possible. All of these people, very deserving of the, of the title Person of the Year, but we are going to crown one of them our Person of the Year. We would love it if you would vote on our form. Next category, enemy number one of crypto. You have Elon Musk. I have no problem nominating him. I will nominate him five times over. Senator Elizabeth Warren, I will nominate her six. Representative Brad Sherman, the Muppet of Muppets. Peter Schiff, who only buys gold and his son out earns him 10 to 1 because he buys crypto. Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett, two people who are going to write on their gravestones, did not buy crypto because did not understand. And last but not least, Gary Gensler, um, who I believe I earlier this earlier this year referred to as a marshmallow. Um, feel free to go find that and clip it. Uh, but that's going to round out crypto enemy number one. Um, I'll be honest with you, like we didn't have a write in for this one because it's really hard to argue that anybody other than these six people are actually crypto enemy number one this year. Exactly. Um, I'm, you can argue that there are more enemies. There are other people who were, you know, acting against it. But at the end of the day, these six right here really make up the, you know, the most influential people speaking out against crypto. This isn't like implying they're not a fan of it. These are people who are outright saying, "I don't like crypto. Here's why," and their reasons are always very easily fact checkable. But yeah, for whatever reason, shady. no one likes to do that. Yeah. Like, right? A lot of the reasons are shady. I mean, between Elizabeth Warren and Brad Sherman, I don't know who is more in the pocket of the banks. Um, Gary Gensler, financial cartel, like, frontman. Peter Schiff just hates earning any type of, like, exponential return, I guess. Um, Elon Musk would rather have you pay in Dogecoin to buy a flamethrower than actual fiat. It, there's so much we could say about crypto enemy number one, but the point is all these people um, deserve it, and we hope that you will vote and tell us which one you think deserves the title most. Um, kind of the counter to the FML category, where we're talking about the biggest L of the year. This is the off-the-chain moment of the year, so the biggest dub um, for crypto at large, and we have six really great nominees. Let's say that. Three crypto YouTubers this year surpassed a million subscribers. Crazy. Coin Bureau is the quietest of them. Um, oh, yeah. 
you wouldn't guess this. And Chris, I guarantee you, you did not know this. Did not. You are correct. Coin Bureau not only exceeded a million subs this year, they're currently sitting at 1.75. They have the most subs of any crypto YouTube channel out there. Crazy. I was blown away when I found that out, but good on the Brits for being ahead of us. Um, <laughs> love this dub. The guy who invested $8,000 in Shiba Inu a year and a half ago or so, and how all of that is now worth $5 billion. He cashed out. One of the best stories of the year, Crypto.com and FTX both going after arena naming rights and winning it. Crypto.com, of course, took the Staples Center and um, FTX took the arena for the Miami Heat. One of my favorite moments, Michael Saylor buys all of the Bitcoin. (laughs) Because there's not one instance, Chris, where he bought just some Bitcoin. He bought Bitcoin on every dip and just continues to add to the reserves for MicroStrategy. It's nuts. Yeah. I was going to say, very correct of you to say moments plural because he has done this all year long. Basically, anytime there is a sizable dip, and I mean sizable meaning like a 5K dip, so not even that crazy, he just will casually dump another $300 million into Bitcoin. Yeah, it's totally true. Um, Okay, the next moment... I'm not going to say this word. I've already gotten trapped into saying the F-bomb once on this podcast and I'm not going to go bleeping myself again. But at Bitcoin 2021 this year, there was a moment where Max Kaiser took the stage with Michael Saylor. And when he was announced to go on stage, he had this moment where he was trying to mirror um, Jordan Belfort from The Wolf of Wall Street in the scene where he says, I'm not effing leaving. Max Kaiser is basically running on stage at Bitcoin 21, yelling to the crowd, I'm not effing selling. It was hysterical. It was such a moment. And it's been memed over and over and over again to death. Um, It was great. And then, of course, it wouldn't be an off-the-chain moment if you didn't bring up El Salvador becoming the very first country in the world to make Bitcoin legal tender. Um, Again, this was a monumental year for crypto. Like, Let's not get that twisted. Um, Chris... Was there one that we didn't put in here that you really wanted on here? Honestly, I can't remember right now. There, there were a lot of just insane moments this year. A, another of those, honestly, being how much money Crypto.com and FTX just pumped into advertising in general. Crypto.com is literally everywhere. And FTX went a different route and... It was like, you know what? Frick it. We're just going to pay two of the most recognizable names in sports in the world to do nothing but have FTX in their bios on social media. I mean, come on. Like, Jason Bourne is back in crypto.com. You have Mr. Wonderful being an ambassador for FTX. You have all sorts of advertising across every sport. Like they were, they were doing an AR overlay of FTX's logo onto the pitcher's mound at the World Series for them for Major League Baseball this year. Advertising has officially opened themselves up to crypto, and I think it's one of the reasons why we're growing at such a meteoric pace. Um, mm-hmm. But that is going to round out the off the chain moment of the year category. Last but not least, we wanted to have one category where we could really engage with you because we wanted to know which of our interviews this year was truly interview of the year caliber and interview of the year deserving. We do have more in this category than any other category because frankly, we wanted to make sure that you knew that there were some really special people on our show this year and we're grateful for that fact to even be here. Um, So... In no particular order, we have Eric Voorhees from Shapeshift, Dr. Lehman Baird from Hedera Hashgraph, Brett King, who's the author of The Rise of Techno-Socialism and otherwise known as the Godfather of Fintech. Also, like, several-time New York's best-selling author. Very worth mentioning. Um, Ben Armstrong, a.k.a. BitBoy Crypto. Erica Gemma, otherwise known as the Bank of Erica. Um one of the coolest people we met this year, like in person. We were really fortunate to be able to meet her at Miami Crypto Experience. Um, Please, please go listen to that episode. She is so freaking wise. Um, 
Roy, aka Zeneca33, who joined us on a very special edition of Cryptocurrent Live earlier on, I believe at the end of last month. Joe Rabin from Mandala Exchange. Mark Anstead from Numio. Julian Sawyer, the CEO and founder of Bitstamp. And Ken Bozak, the NFT extraordinaire and crypto advocate. Ton of really great choices there. And we just want to hear from you which one is your, is your favorite. Let us know. We're going to crown the winners in all of these categories. And we're going to have their awards in the mail to them very soon. And that, of course, is what we have on deck for next Tuesday, the 2021 Cryptocurrent Live Awards brought to you by Cryptocurrent and a lack of sleep. <laughs> that was a lot, Chris. Um, we just got through a ton of different nominations. It goes to show the fact that like that is going to be our last show of the year and we want to make sure that it's jam-packed for you guys. Um, of course, we'll have plenty of commentary. You'll have not just me and Richard next week. Chris will be joining us for the holiday special. Um, expect a really great intro video and a really fun time. We have a lot on deck, including um, something that I don't actually think I've gone over with you, Chris. We are going to be doing a very special edition of Blockchain Bets next week where we are sharing our predictions for 2022. Um, it's going to be really fun. They're going to be very bold. We're going to make sure that none of them are identical to one another. <laughs> I was worried that at one point or another that Chris would have the same exact prediction as Richard or I. So we're going to make sure we talk about it beforehand. But they're going to be That's great. Fine. Um, yeah, you know me, always looking ahead, man, predicting. Uh, but again, big time show for you next week. It'll be our last show of the year. Um, so come and round out 2021 with us with the CC Live Awards. Um, besides that, Chris, that is all we had on deck for this episode. Oh, so yeah. before, before we go, um, can you do me a favor and let everybody know what has been up this week in terms of our other content they should be checking out? to watch for yeah so we had let's see we had a we had, honestly had a ton this week we had let's see is it monday mondays when we had our interview right steve or mondays uh, yeah. and fridays yep yeah so monday we had um drum roll please aram Hamy and douglas i am so sorry because i guarantee i butchered those but on uh, Aram's episode was on reinventing money markets with Glitch Finance. We had Abhishek Singh, who will actually be airing tomorrow morning uh, on Comdex's approach to democratizing commodities. But besides that, for video content, you may notice that there was no Crypto Basics video this week. And that is because it was terrible. And so I'm remaking it. <laughs> And I, was, as, I was really curious if you were going to own that on the stream. I was giving you a little bit of crap at the beginning, but that's hysterical. Of course I would. It was terrible. So I'm remaking it. And you can check out next Wednesday on our YouTube channel, the Crypto Basics with Chris K episode, where I will be explaining all the different kinds of wallets in crypto, as well as which ones may be best suited for your needs. But besides that, I think that pretty much covers the video content for the week. If you want to check out any editorial, you can go to our website, which is crypto-current.co and go to our editorial section to check out all the great blog posts that we have from our numerous staff writers. Yep. And look, again, if you guys have not done so already, make sure that you are subscribed to not just this YouTube channel, but also following us over on, on your favorite podcast platform so that you can make sure that you get all the content whenever it comes out. Um, we do brand new interviews Monday and Friday. Those will not be stopping throughout the rest of the year. We're going to be going nonstop through the new year with brand new interviews with great influencers and great minds across the crypto space. But as I said, Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday at 7pm Eastern will be our final cryptocurrent live stream of the year. Expect plenty of highlight videos throughout the rest of the year from past streams and even the Tuesday stream because Chris will be hard at work making those for us. I will. But that's going to round it out, buddy. Um, it's been a really great stream this week. I think that there's a lot to look forward to in terms of next week's special. Um, I'm just excited to dive right into it next week and figure out what everybody's voted for. Uh, one final reminder, please make sure you hit up that forum and put your votes in. We very well may even do a quick reward um, and pull a drawing out of those people that vote. So 
uh, please take that vote seriously. We want to make sure that we get your ballot in. But yeah. I think that's it, Chris, right? Yeah, that's it. We'll be... Uh... If you want to find out where to vote on the form, we will be posting it literally all over all of our social media channels. So check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc. Um, just look up Cryptocurrent. Handles are all a little different, but you type in Cryptocurrent, you'll find us and you will see not only the form, as but all the nominees just to remind you. Awesome. Well, hey guys, that's going to do it for us at Cryptocurrent. Make sure you continue to educate yourselves out there. We want to make sure that we're helping you to find the best and brightest minds. And we, of course, will try to stay the best and brightest we can. Do us a favor. Stay Cryptocurrent. We'll see you next week. Bye.